just as despair can come to one only from other human beings, hope too can be given to one only by other human beings. Ellie Wiesel Welcome to Long Haul Hope, a podcast for long haulers, their loved ones, and those who care about them. My name's Joe Grabowski. I'm a husband, a father, a pastor, and a tech geek. I've had lifelong struggles with depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and I've also most recently been diagnosed with long-haul COVID after suffering from shortness of breath, severe fatigue, and brain fog for over two years now. Long Haul Hope is not a medical podcast, but a voice of validation, empathy, support, and solidarity. Most of all, it's my desire that this podcast will be a voice of hope in the midst of the darkness of a diagnosis we do not yet fully understand. Each week, I'll share personal updates, positive news developments, advocacy, helpful resources, which I hope will be of value to you in your journey with long COVID. If you felt misunderstood, unheard, devalued, or even been made to feel as though you're a hypochondriac, you've come to the right place. You are not alone. Together, we are stronger. There is hope. Welcome to episode two of Long Haul Hope. My name is Joe, and I'm really glad that you're here with me today. So today is the first part of a two-part story of my journey from really being sick to being diagnosed with long COVID. It was not a quick and easy process. It was fraught with many ups and downs and some scares. Um, but I'm not going to give you every single sordid detail because, frankly, it's not really that interesting or relevant. But at least one to hit on enough notes for those of you who've been down a similar path, um, then perhaps you'll identify with this experience. So I'll start off by saying, as I know in the show's intro, I'm a husband and a father. Um, my son's 20, but he still lives with us. Um, for most of my life, I've been a caregiver. I was a home provider for a gentleman with intellectual disabilities. I've worked in the human services field doing direct care and support. Um, my wife's health wasn't good for a long time until she turned the corner and back in 2013 and she's doing much 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 better um, for myself up until my 40s i was generally in fairly decent help i was very skinny back in high school um, and, and in college when i went to college the first time in the late 86 to 88 I put on the freshman 15, which was probably more like the freshman 40. Um, and over the years, I, I gained and lost a little bit, and gained and lost a little bit, but each weight kind of inched me up. I'm currently not at my highest weight I've ever been. I'm about uh, 10, 15 pounds shy of that. I'm trying to lose weight, but it hasn't been easy, especially being very sedentary and limited in my activity. But up until my 40s, overall, my health had been pretty good. You know, so but going into 2019, you know, the years leading into that, I, you know, with, because of the obesity and because of being middle aged, I developed high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and other normal stereotypical conditions for my age. Um, I was even diagnosed as pre-diabetic, and then they said I had type two diabetes. Um, and so I found myself going to the doctors a bit more, but nothing out of the normal. And, and traditionally. I'd be fairly healthy through the year, but every winter it seemed like I'd get sick with whatever was going around, whatever flu or whatever bug. Well, going into the winter season of 2019, 2020, 
that flu season, I remember I got the flu shot that year. I was asked if I want my flu shot, and I said yes. And they said it was based on the various strains that were going around. They were estimating it was only 40 45% effective. Um, but I'm thought, you know, any protection is better than none. So I got my flu shot in that fall. And my memory of the fall into the winter of 2019 is really kind of hazy right now. But I can tell you that really beginning in um, November, I started not feeling well. Nothing unusual, but December 2019, it was the, ended up being the sickest I'd been in a long time. Um, especially the second half. The, I had all the classic symptoms of flu. I had um, the cough, the cold, the fever, the chills, uh, dizziness, shortness of breath. You know, joint aches, everything. I just felt miserable. And, you know, I didn't go to the doctor, though, because I know what would happen is I'd go to the doctor and they would just give tell me to get some rest and drink lots of water. Um, and I wasn't at a point where I felt like I needed maybe an antibiotic, but I slept a lot. Matter of fact, I slept so much and spent so much time sick that we had to cancel our annual... Christmas Eve, candlelight Christmas Eve service. We had to cancel our Christmas Eve family gathering. And Christmas Day was very anticlimactic because I spent most of the day crashed on the couch. It took quite a while for me to even start feeling better. Um, I started getting a little bit better in January, beginning of January, although I just had no energy. Um, it, everything just felt like work. But I, I started getting back into work, started trying to get back to some, some normalcy, which we would find out later on would go out the window with the advent of the pandemic. But one of the things I've been hearing now um, over the last year or so from a number of people is that they had also experienced some unusual intensity of sickness around that same time. Now, Towards the end of December and into January, we started hearing kind of a little bit of rumors about this bug spreading around in China. And then we started seeing some videos, which were very disturbing, of you know, people passing out in the streets and men in hazmat suits spraying down the city streets. Very scary, but it was over there. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't here. Um, so I got a little sick again in January. But spring eventually came, I'm watching this stuff. And as you know, March of 2020, COVID really hit our shores. As a matter of fact, my son's birthday, um, we traditionally go to the local Chinese restaurant for his birthday dinner, and that was the last day they were open uh, for a long time. And so everything shut down in mid-March, and I ended up having to work from home and being a um, an introvert <laughs> and having some lingering social anxiety. It, I probably wasn't as emotionally or psychologically impacted by that as other people. I was like, oh, stay home, work from home? Oh, no. Um, but I just didn't feel well going into the spring. I, and I, noticed, I started noticing going further along that besides the shortness of breath that was periodic, um, I, I had some more symptoms that were akin to how I felt before I was diagnosed with ADHD in late adulthood. Um, 
with um, brain fog and a return of fatigue. And, and I can, you know, and I, I credit some of this to being the collective anxiety of our society. Everything was shut down. Um, you know, towns, cities looked like ghost towns for a while. It, it, nobody knew what was going to happen. So collectively, there's this big trauma that we were all still processing. Um, and, and having a generalized anxiety disorder, of course, it triggered my anxiety, period. So I couldn't tell if these symptoms I was having was anxiety, if it was a, a, another deeper bout of depression, um, if it was because I couldn't get out and start walking in the spring like I typically do. I did try to walk a few times, but I found I, my heart rate would go way up. I don't short of breath. Um, so over time, as I learned more about COVID, I began to wonder if maybe I'd had COVID back in December because all the symptoms were there. Check, 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 check. I didn't lose my sense of smell or taste, but I pretty much hit the mark on all the other symptoms. But again, you can't definitively say that because the symptoms of COVID are very similar to symptoms of flu or a, a, a bad cold. And there was no way to test. You know, I, the first time I brought it up to my doctor, it was it was just was dismissed because as far as we knew, COVID hadn't been in the States prior to March. So, yeah, I may have been sick in December, but it was likely just a very bad flu. So I let it roll off for a while. But as the weather got warmer and winter came and I'm still just feeling lethargic and low energy and struggling with brain fog and fatigue and, and some shortness of breath. I started again thinking, did I have, was it possible I had COVID or, or did I get COVID since then? I've been tested. All those tests came back negative. So this was really the beginning of a long journey to find answers, to find help and hope. I, I, can't even remember much of it that first year. I tried to go back to create a timeline of 2020, 2021, 2022. And really, it just feels like one long year. Um, it feels like when we switched time zones in uh, back in March 2020, we didn't change to Eastern Standard Time, but to the Twilight Zone. That's... That's what it felt like, and it still feels like that to respect. Now I'm thinking, now jumping forward to the future right now, I'm thinking that part of my experience now um, is because the world has slowly but steadily been returning to some sense of normalcy. People have been picking up their normal patterns and habits and workflows. And so I don't know if I've gotten worse or if I'm just noticing more in contrast that I'm still lagging way behind. But anyway, going back to the beginning, middle of 2020, I had a number of doctor's appointments for different symptoms. I, I think the first thing he ordered was um, because of the high heart rate, which again, just, you may have heard this from, if you've struggled with weight, you may have heard this from your medical profession. Um, the, a lot of times there's this assumption that if you present with these symptoms, it's because you're fat. You know, and and that's sometimes as far as it goes. You know that if you would just get out and exercise more and stop eating, um, you'd feel much better. Well, 
I don't I I don't overeat. I might like go to the Chinese buffet once in a while, but I'm not sitting on the couch stuffing my face with ring dings and ho hos and all sorts of junk. You know, my wife feeds me fairly healthily. Um, you know, I try to even though I'm up sedentary, I try to get up and move around the house. But you know, I I recognize that that's kind of a default with some medical professionals, and I'm not faulting anyone because, of course, you're going to go with the most obvious cause. You're middle-aged, you're overweight, and you've got these symptoms. Of course, you're going to experience these things. But something didn't resonate with me with that because typically in the spring, I bounce back, I start feeling healthier, I walk, I lose some weight, my lungs get clear, I can breathe easy, um, I have more energy and all these things, and I just could not get into that groove. I couldn't do it. So I'm home, and I'm pondering all these things, and sometimes feeling very hypochondriac, like am I, am I making mountains out of molehills? Am I looking for something wrong where there's nothing wrong? Am I making excuses? Is it really a matter of being fat and deconditioned and needing to get out and exercising and just looking for an excuse not to? You know, I, can, I consider it all these things. I, I really tried to take a very intense look at my life and my lifestyle and, and to see what needed to change. And so I'm stuck at this point at that time, mid last year, uh, mid, I'm sorry, mid 2020. And thank God for my wife. My, my wife and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary um, last December. And we've been through a lot of things together. We've been through health and really when we made the vows for better, for worse and sicker and sickness or in health for richer and poorer, um, We've really lived through a lot of that already. You know, she had her time with health, and now this felt like my time with health. Um, but she validated my feelings and my concerns, and and saw this impact on me physically. And her concern was that partly that maybe there was something underlying with cardiac issues or um, lung issues, because my in the in the beginning of 2020, before the pandemic, my best friend from school who lived in Connecticut died unexpectedly of a heart attack. You know, as far as we knew, he was in good health. He was a paramedic. He was active. And it just out of the blue. So, of course, that was on our radar that year. Somebody my age who just suddenly passed away who was healthier than I was. So that began a long period, too, of being worried and concerned about possibly having some issues with my heart or lungs. And 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 really, the brain fog and the fatigue started really concerning me because I dealt with those things, having ADHD, I dealt with those things most of my life, and I received my diagnosis about, I would say, seven, eight years ago now. And finally, after much self-advocating, I received a diagnosis of moderate ADHD. And the, and the nurse practitioner um, who was seeing me prescribed a stimulant. She prescribed Ritalin, and that was a game changer. The day I took that, it was like putting eyeglasses on. 
after I've been nearsighted for my whole life. You know, you don't realize how affected your, how blurry your vision is and, until you experience what normal feels like. And so that's what it felt like that first day I took the rental and the fatigue was gone. The brain fog was manageable. I could focus. It didn't solve everything, but I could focus and I had energy and I could, I could, I could just function like a fairly normal person. You know, so that was a huge game changer for me. You know, I, I grew up always tired. My mom said when I was younger that I was born tired and never did get rested up. Well, that was my life. I just always felt tired to different degrees. And so when I said fatigue, I had a general sense of fatigue was like profound exhaustion. But after I started being treated, I didn't have any real issues with it. Once in a rare while, but... But, you know, after December 2019, the f fatigue was back with a vengeance. So was the brain fog. Some days it just, I can't even put words on it. I'm thinking probably some point I'll dedicate a whole episode to what that feels like. But of all the symptoms I experienced, I mean, I think the fatigue is the, the absolute worst. As an example, um, last week into the beginning of this week, I had a stretch of really good days. And I was, I was no fatigue, um, or very little. I didn't really have any many episodes of the brain fog and shortness of breath. I felt good. Springs here. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm getting work done. I'm, but at the same time, I'm learning to pace myself and not to overdo it. Right. But then Tuesday, I overdid it. <laughs> then Wednesday was a busy day too. So by Tuesday night, I was really kind of feeling worn. Wednesday, I was dragging. Um, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I crashed. I I just felt like I was back to square one, trudging through fog and sludge and like encumbered by a weighted blanket. And to the point where it's just so distressing. It's so distressing. And I read those stories out there. Um, of people in the in the groups and on Twitter and comments and message boards about people who are just want to give up because of being so set back with these things and and the, even the hindrance of fatigue has really opened my eyes to the plight of people with chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, I I never knew until this experience the difference between tiredness exhaustion and fatigue tiredness and exhaustion i can function you know i can't wait to go to bed i'm tired i'm dragging but i can function when fatigue kicks in it's it's almost physically painful to do anything it's it's so hard to describe but it's a physical feeling inside of me that makes me want to crawl out of my skin it makes me feel like i got to go to sleep right away but even taking a nap doesn't take the edge off. Um, if I feel like today, maybe I'm a little bit on the other side of that crash right now. But as I mentioned last week, I, with the ups and downs, I'm hesitant to get my hopes up. And it really hinders me in planning what's ahead. So I, I want to bring this back to my wife. Um, she's been a tremendous, tremendous support. Um, I'm going to have her at on this podcast at some point, kind of talking from her perspective as somebody who's had chronic illness in the past, somebody who's had family members with severe chronic illness and 
what it's been like now to be the healthy one in the family and dealing with somebody, a spouse who's got this condition that we don't know about and don't know what it means for us. Um, but if I didn't have her love and support for these last few years dealing with this long COVID journey, I honest to God don't know what I would have done. Um, I don't think I'd be sitting here ta today talking about hope. See, I believe my wife is a blessing to me from God, and she is the primary way that God has given me hope in my journey. Because some days when I'm feeling good, hope is easy to find, but there's other days I wake up and I feel like that, and I feel like a hypocrite for sitting here talking about hope and choosing hope. But at that time, it brings it back and reminds me that this podcast is for me. This podcast mostly is for me to remind myself of where I've been, where I am now, and hopefully where I'm headed. But no matter what peak or valley I may be in, to choose hope. So this is the first part of my story. Uh, next week, I'm going to pick up and talk about the year of tests. Had every test I could think of imagine. I'm sure there's someone I haven't been through. Um, but everything comes back normal. So why don't I feel normal? You refer to this, refer to that, refer to the other thing, and it all comes back normal. So I'm going to tell that story and how I got the official long COVID diagnosis. And even right now, my experiences with inconsistency with medical professionals taking it seriously. I'll be back next week with part two of my story, but in the meantime... If you're looking for another podcast about living with long COVID, I highly recommend checking out Julie Taylor's podcast called Living with Long COVID. Uh, it's available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and I'm sure on other platforms as well. Julie is a very down-to-earth voice sharing her story and some of the challenges she's faced, but also bringing a voice of hope and some tips. So I recommend her podcast as well. And I'm checking out other ones out there. And as I find these podcasts, as I find these resources, I'm going to be sharing them here on the show and posting them in my podcast notes. I'll talk with you again very soon. So until then, take care and always remember to choose hope. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share, or leave a rating and a review. And I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at joe at longhaulhope.com and follow Long Haul Hope on Facebook and on Twitter. And as always, get plenty of rest, be compassionate with yourself, and keep choosing hope. I'll chat with you again soon.